0: Hey, welcome to A Little Better. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host. And happy Fat Tuesday. If you're listening to this on release day, you'll have to continue watching to figure out what that is because I had no clue. We're talking all about forgiveness in this. And, And what if people don't forgive? What do you do? What do you do if somebody doesn't forgive you when you honestly seek it out? continue listening uh, to find out more remember our goal on this podcast is to know jesus better and by the power of his spirit do better so together we can be a little better hey happy fat tuesday a little better podcast audience I actually have no idea what that means. Brad
1: told me to say that. I can't believe
2: you don't know what that means.
1: Do you know what that means? Yeah, it's like the big exercise day. (laughs) 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 Is this the airing? It's the last
2: (laughs) day before Lent. And so if we were in New Orleans, I don't know what the pandemic's done, but if we were in New Orleans, you know, Mardi Gras, we'd be whooping it up. Okay, you didn't say
0: it correctly. It's Nolens. It's what?
2: Nolens, yes. Nolens. Nolens. If we were Nolens, we'd be whooping it up. So uh, our last chance to enjoy whatever we are... Last day of enjoying whatever we're going to give up for Lent. Yeah, right. So, Brad, uh, so you giving anything up for Lent? It's funny. Um, okay, I'll, I'll turn it serious. Can I turn it serious? Sure. Okay. So, um, really shifted fast honestly. because we talked about this on online campus during the host moment, Michelle and I. But uh, I've given up noise for Lent, meaning, and so you guys heard this on online campus if you were there. But uh, I might spend Lent saying I will have silence in the car. Wherever I go, alone in a car, I'm not going to listen to sports center, or music, or talk radio, but I'm just going to pray with my eyes open um good. or reflect, <laughs> you know, on God. But try cool. being more I've had other rules like I'm not going to watch any TV unless it's with my wife cuz like she wants what so if it's time with with my <laughs> wife, then that's good quality yeah, stuff. Right. But me Alone binging the office on the couch in the basement is not good. <laughs> but I might say I'm not going to do any screen, you know, uh, alone time the screen. It's things great. like that. I do it's different great. things for Lent. But I mean, our Final Word series is uh, right over Lent, so we were giving these guys out. And, and if you're on the, if you're listening, you can't see that I'm holding up a purple book, the Wondrous Cross. But you, that was given out both at uh, Webster. And Rochester.
0: And online and online. Yeah, yeah.
2: I was at the post office yesterday mailing a bunch of books. It was a little more expensive than I thought it would be, but we are happy to do it. <laughs> That's so
0: great. That's awesome. We still have more copies of those if you're in yes. the Rochester area and wanna attend. It's uh, good. It's yeah, good. and what's really cool about this Devo, Jason Nagraf are uh, spiritual direction pastor lend this to us for a teaching team. But um, what's really cool about these is they have like four different ways you could use these as devos. Like mm. you could almost do one a week leading all the way up to Easter, or there's like a a mode where you could do it like 10 days out. There's also a version where it's like, the week of Easter is so like seven days. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Like in yeah. the table of contents, they're like, how do you want to use this? And there's all these different ways. And so it's really neat.
2: Yeah. I, last First thing I did was like flip to the back and saw the contributors. There's some really fascinating mm, uh, for authors, sure. contributors really cool. in there. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's like hymns in there to mm-hmm. like reflect on Bible reading, devos, A really cool, yep. really cool resource. All right, so uh, this is the first time I was just reflecting on this as I was looking at you guys. This is like the campus pastors are in the room, boom, uh, like the right heavy
1: hitters, here,
2: the heavy
0: hitters. Like this is this is what's all happening. you need. Oh, in it.
2: this is where the power resides. Right, <laughs> yeah. right here, where it is, right here. So I was just realizing, you know,
0: you guys have been on the podcast together, but now to not be together, fair, to be as, no, not together at different times. No, not right. Did you? You were on. Was somebody else with you? Uh, Drew was on here with you. Uh-huh. Gotcha, yes, gotcha.
2: Drew was with you. Yeah, oh, we can't. right. Yeah. So, to be fair, Scott Bixby is also a campus pastor. Yeah. He's wearing that uh, hat. That small Rochester campus. Yeah, sure. The yeah, right, right, right. right, right. Insignificant <laughs> role is fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Nate, you're in the hot seat. Sermon in 60. 60 second recap.
1: Go. So, yeah, we started a brand new series called Final Words, where we are looking at the final words of Jesus on the cross, and we looked at his first statement. He made seven statements on the cross. We looked at the first one on Sunday, which was, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing, and essentially looked at really kind of two things. Number one, Jesus modeled the importance of prayer, and then he also talked about forgiveness. So those were kind of the two things we tackled. Um, Jesus modeling prayer, but then also he revealed our greatest need which is forgiveness of sin, but also through that sets a foundation for us to think through how do we forgive those that have also wronged us and hurt us in our lives. Mm, that's good. I, I love... Dude, this that was one. less than 60. seconds. I, I know. Was. You, I get, you should 20. get a bonus. There's a bonus. <laughs> you had 10 pop. seconds
0: to spare. I was watching the clock, so uh, that was impressive, <laughs> or maybe longer, but anyways. All right, so I love that you pointed out that he modeled prayer. So why is that significant? And just reflecting on that statement, you know, he said... Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. So that's the statement. That's what he said. Uh, why? Why do we know that that's prayer? First question.
1: Well, I think we know that it's prayer because he says, "My Father." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So he's, and this is something he also lived and taught, which yeah. I think is also what Jesus just does so well. Even though he is God in the flesh, yeah, taught so well. He lived out, just didn't teach these principles, but he would live these principles out. And so I think he was also at the same time modeling what he taught and what he lived. And I think prayer was a part of his life in the same way that he desires for prayer to be a part of our lives today, where we're regularly in communication with our Heavenly Father.
0: Yeah. My wife and I were talking about that, just that principle that right there on the cross in that moment, you know, Jesus is feet away from his, you know, Not only his persecutors, but his crucifiers, and he doesn't directly address them. He he turns and turns his attention to his father in heaven, um, and which I thought was just so profound in that moment.
2: And that his highest priority is us. Yeah, you know he's going to the father
1: for us. You know, and Um, his enemies, not not like his disciples or my followers or the people I like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, but the people that are. Hurting, hurting him the most, right? Yeah,
0: that cross, right. that statement is just so you know, it's like almost an eternal statement because, yes, the people we look at that scene and we zero in and we you know almost pinpoint laser focus that oh he he's talking about those soldiers that nailed him to the cross, but you said enemies, he's talking about us. You know, right. we we Absolutely. are his enemies Everybody. in, yeah, that, in that regard. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I want to talk briefly on on this fact of you talked you kind of wove prayer into this whole talk as, as we're, we're seeking forgiveness or as we're seeking to give forgiveness, uh, does prayer, what is prayer's role in this big picture of forgiveness and does it change the person's heart that we're seeking to address, whether that's to give them forgiveness or to get forgiveness from, like what, what is it
1: doing and what's its role? Well, I think there's a lot. There's part of prayer we just don't understand that's a mystery. We know that God answers prayer. But your statement was incredible. You know That statement may not change the other person, but it always changes us. And I firmly Mm. believe that. It definitely changes us because it's just ultimately recognizing we are not in control (laughs) and we are dependent on the one who is in control and who is faithful, has a plan that he is working out. So we're submitting ourselves to his will and to his plan through prayer. And so I think even in the midst of hurt and pain, we're, we're choosing to trust God in that. And so that, I think, is part of letting go of controlling or manipulating or revenge and trust that to God, which then creates that space, I think, then to remember our forgiveness that we've ex- experienced through Christ mm-hmm. and then to open ourselves up to truly be able to cancel a debt of someone that's really hurt us. Mm. I think prayer is like the initiator of... Forgiveness to get mm-hmm. to that place in your heart where you truly can say, "I'm going to forgive you. I'm I'm canceling that that debt because mm-hmm. we need God's help to do that. I can't. I can't. I don't know. That I can do that on my own with, mm-hmm. apart from God's forgiveness, apart from His help. And so prayer is inviting God in, yeah. I think, to help. Yeah.
0: It, it feels like prayer is you know putting on the right perspective um, in the midst of it. You know, of turning our attention to God, a holy, perfect God. It puts us in right perspective to who He is and how we've wronged Him and the weight of our sin that took Him to the cross. Yes, and then you know because the the phrases that you drew out in Colossians three thirteen and then it's also in Ephesians four thirty two I think uh, like forgive others as God in Christ Jesus had forgiven you like mm-hmm. that that just that last phrase of like I'm not just supposed to forgive but I'm supposed to forgive as God forgave me in Jesus that. That that's a weighty statement when you think about the mm-hmm. ramifications of that. Sure. And yes. you can think
2: at a horizontal level that it, it could be a reason of pride, right? I, I'm I'm the better man. I'm I'm you know then I'm superior to you because I'm willing to forgive. And it's just like no way. There's no way that I'm even forgiving you for a fraction of what God has forgiven me. Yeah. So it comes out of a place of, of gratitude and overflow. It's not proud. It's incredibly humble. Uh, but I was also thinking about, you, know, you think about the alternative, which is what if you don't forgive, mm-hmm. right? And I loved your story, your joke with a point about the man with rabies, but oh. it made me think about can't like cancer, right? Like if we if we knew something caused cancer, we'd absolutely avoid it, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are unforgiving and just think of the bitterness that leads to and the spiritual cancer that consumes you. So it's so dangerous mm-hmm. not to forgive because it's just... Putting you down that path that's going to consume you. You you need to stay away from unforgiveness, right.
1: like the plague. And you can think. That you can sweep unforgiveness away, or mm-hmm. put it away, or bury it in the closet, and just mm-hmm. think if I just forget about this, or let this go, over time it will heal mm-hmm. this. But the reality is, it won't. It will eat yeah. its way in and through your life yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was sharing before we started rolling, so I'll, I'll just reshare this like it's the first time, right?
0: And so, <laughs> as, you know, I was thinking about the statement uh, on Sunday afternoon. You know, time heals all wounds, and and thinking about it in context of your your sermon and. And thinking like, well, no, it doesn't if if we don't seek forgiveness to give forgiveness to somebody else. If we've been wronged and we've been hurt, you know, time heals all wounds. Right. But, you know, really changing that statement, if we don't seek forgiveness to amend that relationship in some way, you know, time will just bury those wounds. And, mm-hmm. you know, you said that it'll eventually it'll rear its ugly head Event in some way, somehow yeah. it, it pops up. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's so true. So you you talked about uh, I want to transition us a little bit to talk about more specifically about forgiveness. It, it feels like this message is really, you know, man, you had a, a beautiful outline, a great point, you preached it well. But it's almost one of those that's like, man, it was easy to preach, but man, in some situations, oh, sure. how hard would this be to live? You know, there there are some situations where people are you know harboring unforgiveness. That's like, come on, like that's mm-hmm. a little that's a little childish. That's not worth the cost of that relationship. But then there's other people, they've been, they've been hurt, you know, and they've been, you know, stabbed in the back. You gave so many good examples Mm -hmm. of things that could be happening that were broad. But um, let's talk about briefly, what are some misconceptions about forgiveness and why people
1: don't seek to Mm -hmm. give it that they've been hurt? Yeah, I think there's quite a few misconceptions. I think I taught. I I taught on this of just some people think it's a feeling or it's forgetting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the big reasons why it's hard to forgive, and it is, I'm not saying it's easy by any stretch of the imagination, forgiveness. It is hard to truly live out. It's one thing you're right to talk about. It's another thing to truly practice and show and give to people, especially if you've been hurt. And I think one of the reasons it's hard is, we've been hurt. <laughs> and when you're hurt, you want to avoid being hurt again. And I think people have this idea that if I forgive this person that has really hurt me, mm-hmm. I'm now opening myself up to get hurt again. And we want to protect that. We don't want to do that. I don't want to mm-hmm. open myself up to that. And so in our fear of getting hurt, we withhold forgiveness. The problem is we're commanded to forgive. You mm-hmm. were, we were just talking mm-hmm. about how Jesus, it's not optional.
0: Yeah, we're We're,
1: we're we're commanded to do something, which is to uh, forgive. And this is where I think people get mixed up. Another one of the misconceptions, trust and forgiveness are two different things. I think people think, well, if I forgive them, well, now I give them the keys to everything again, my heart, my life, all of that. Well, no, not necessarily. Yes, we forgive, we cancel that debt, but trust is earned. Forgiveness Mm. is commanded, trust is earned. So trust... You, you don't just allow them total access to every area of your life again. You yeah. set up some boundaries. You know, okay, if they cross that and show themselves to be trustworthy, then okay. Then we move the the boundary a little bit again. And that relationship may never be fully restored to the way it once was. But you can still forgive, cancel that debt. But that, that whole trust and forgiveness, I think, is what can trip people up mm-hmm. and That's prevent good. people from truly forgiving someone that's that's hurt them. Yeah, that's good.
0: I've heard it Mm -hmm. said before that uh, a pastor I used to serve with used to say things like this, that every sin is forgivable, but every sin on this earth has ripple effects and consequences that that may have lasting ramifications that last a lifetime. That, Mm -hmm. you know, that just, you know, if you've broken trust or hurt someone, that sin is forgivable, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be ramifications and consequences that because of that that are remain in your life um, for, for whatever reason, because, you know, we need to operate out of, out of wisdom in, in all of our relationships, but in wisdom, we can still forgive people. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have to just harbor feelings or try to put up this facade of protecting ourselves. And Brad, you were talking about some things of that protection actually damages us when we're not seeking forgiveness. And Mm -hmm. what are some of those things you were talking about?
2: Yeah, I think, um, so the dynamic <clears throat> goes to that, you know, Colossians, remind me of the verse 313, Three thirteen. but, uh, you know, bear with one another, forgive one another as the Lord has forgiven you. So you, <clears throat> you're preventing the gospel in your life, really. Mm. Um, if, if you don't, capitalize on those opportunities and they are opportunities right to forgive others. It is the only way we learn the gospel is by walking through forgiveness ourselves. And as far as you know you mentioned the ripple effects, you know, there's always suffering. Forgiveness is a choice to suffer, right? Actually you're gonna suffer either way, right? Mm, You're gonna be you're gonna unforgive and, and and that person hurt you. The damage is done. It's real, right? And you're suffering it. Um, or you. if you're unforgiving, you're going to suffer. If you're forgiving, you're in some ways choosing to suffer, right? Jesus on the cross, his forgiveness meant choosing to take on himself all of our suffering. In tiny little ways, we take to suffering too, right? If someone, um, you mentioned canceling debt. If someone betrays us, embezzles money, steals, you know, whatever, that forgiveness might mean I'm never going to collect that money, you know, from you. Well, that doesn't instantly make you financially <laughs> in a good place. You suffer, right? You're yeah. saying, I will I will mm-hmm. choose um, to, you know, to take on the consequences of your sin. You know, I'm going to, you know, you know, make up for that debt myself you Mm -hmm. know the damage that's done
0: yeah you answered a question that i wanted to ask later oh okay but uh, ultimately (laughs) i want to bring it up here Uh in in case some people it's not in the back of their mind this is a big question that's being asked in the past 10 years is so if that's the way that god commands us to forgive canceling a debt that's what you defined Mm -hmm. it forgiveness is canceling someone's debt a waving of the hand uh you know some people would say pretending it never happened like that's almost like what we're what we're Supposed to do, if you want to say it like that. Why did God not exercise the same thing that he commands? You know, it's almost as one of those, you know, those old school parenting riffs, like, do as I say, not as I do. You know, if God commands us to forgive and cancel the debt, wave our hand and pretend it never happened. I hate that phrase, wave the hand. It's yeah. just not true at it, all. There right. is no way. Why wave Why hand. is it not true?
2: Because the suffering is still real, mm.
0: right? I think
2: uh, I'm always, in, I'm embarrassed by how often I say Tim Keller, he has great illustrations, but I think it's in, um, oh shoot, the reason. Uh, reason for God. Reason for God, yep. yeah. I think he has the illustration of, you know, forgiveness, so like if, if. If some man comes down the street and he crashes into your fence on your property, and if you step out there and you forgive him, you know, someone still has to fix the fence. You're just letting him drive away without fixing Mm. it. But, you know, you're going to bear the cost of fixing the fence. There's no waving of the hand. Think of, I mean, the people who have been hurt, they really hurt. They're just choosing to you know, you know, look at that suffering, you know, you know, you know, differently. They're choosing. It's it's, uh, you know, the waving of the hand. It doesn't make it go away. We no. never pretend like it never happened. It
1: happened. Yeah. I love yeah. what you said, Brad. About you suffer either way. Uh-huh. Suffer suffering is unavoidable when yes. you have been hurt. It's just a matter of which lens are you going to choose to view that suffering mm-hmm. through. That's right. good. And I love your point of if you don't forgive, you're really choosing to neglect the gospel's work in your life in the midst of that. Right pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I think that's a really great great mm. point. You're going to suffer either way. You, right. you you think you can avoid it by withholding or like I'm going to I'm going to not forgive you, but yeah. the reality is you will suffer even
2: yeah. Well, Amen. if all things work together for good, then let's let's get on that train, right? Let's cooperate with that product. Let's see how. Where is the good to be found mm, in this yeah. horrible circumstance? Yeah, that's great.
0: There, there's another. There's a. There's a document. We give books and like reading recommendations all the time, uh, but there I'm going to give actually a movie. So if you're movie people, Ooh. that this will this will be. It's actually a documentary. It's a really long documentary, but it's you can watch it instead of read it. So uh, the American Gospel: Christ Crucified. So it's the second part. They've done two American gospel documentaries. Huh. Um, and it it talks about like, what is Jesus doing on the cross? Uh, and so you need to watch the whole thing. If you just watch the first 20 minutes, it's like they're setting up all these tensions from um, different stripes of theologians, that, of tensions that they find mm-hmm. in the cross. And so if you just watch the first 20 minutes, you're like, this is terrible, Daniel, why'd you recommend this? Watch the whole thing before you get, but they do this beautiful like snippet in the cross about forgiveness, uh, Mm -hmm. where they almost draw on a chalkboard these two people. And they they say basically the cycle of debt and forgiveness is person one wrongs person two, therefore person two has to recycle back from person one and pay the penalty. So Mm -hmm. here they either pay the penalty or they get something, you know, retaliation. You talked about the the levitical law of you know if, if someone wrongs you an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth it's basically equalizing the debt you know uh, which in the old testament law god was basically going against the grain even then of saying you don't need to t- collect interest on debts you right. just need to you need to level the playing field like it's only an eye it's only, only an eye tooth. it's only a tooth like if if you know if someone accidentally yeah. kills your ox, you don't kill two of theirs. You know, you, know, you should get one. Like, mm-hmm. And so he's leveling the playing field even in the Old Testament. And so they do this beautiful thing that with the cross, what's happening is they replace one of the figures with a cross and say, we've wronged God. Uh But what God does is he turns the arrow back on himself Mm. and absorbs that debt. Mm -hmm. And so when God asks us to forgive people, Mm -hmm. what he's telling us to do is they talk about the definition of forgiveness, which is, Hunter, spot on what you said, canceling a debt. They said one way to think about it that's super helpful is absorb the debt. Right. You know, like, because the payment must be made Mm -hmm. every time a wrong is committed Mm -hmm. in in life, period. Mm -hmm. A payment must be made. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what Christ did on the cross for our sins is he took on the debt for us and what God asked us to do on others behalf is, you know, if possible, take on that debt, you know, take on that debt for us in various ways. If you talked about finance, yeah. finance is the easy one, right? Like, yeah, I'm not going to collect picture. on this debt. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to figure out a way to figure this out when we have... Relational hurt, that's where it kind of gets right. a little trickier. Like, I mean, what pretend, does that really pretend mean?
2: Pretending it didn't happen is mental illness, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's
0: very real. Which
1: is the heart of the gospel, that whole idea of absorbing it. I wonder if mm-hmm. that's why Jesus says, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you because you haven't experienced you, you don't get it. You don't exactly. get it. Yeah. Exactly. You don't get it. Yeah, that's why in the Lord's Prayer right there,
0: that's that tricky verse that a lot of people get tr- caught up on of like, well, if I don't forgive, then that means I lose my salvation. It's like, eh. No, it, it, you never it, had to begin with. It <laughs> probably means you've never experienced it. Like, if you've never experienced God's love and forgiveness, then why would you ever give that out? Like, you don't know totally. what it's like. There was a
1: statement I made that came from Brad in my pre-preach that oh, was no. so good: that if you're resistant to forgiving someone, you have to kind of pause and look deep and look mm. within and say, Have I truly experienced Christ's forgiveness?
2: Even dimly understood it.
1: Yeah. Right?
2: It's just, we'll never fully comprehend it. You said that in the sermon too, right? I mean, just just never fully comprehend it. But the the more we can try to appreciate how much greater it is than anything we would forgive for others. And then it really, and the whole dynamic changes, right? Because then it actually becomes an opportunity. It actually becomes joy. It actually feels good. You know what? I get the opportunity to pay forward what Jesus did yeah. to me. you know, I get that opportunity to express gratitude. Hey dude, that ten thousand bucks you stole, you know, listen, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna suffer, but listen, it's nothing. I just want you to know that someone forgave me millions upon millions mm. more, mm-hmm. you
0: know, you yeah. know than that. And especially think of if that per that if that other person who's wronged you, is not a follower of Christ. The opportunity that that presents itself Mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, I I heard from a missionary one time that they said they were living, they're living in the UK still. And what they told all the people that came over, it's like live in a way that people ask why, right? You know, live in a way that people ask why. Right. And man, when they ask why you get the beautiful opportunity of sharing the gospel, it's because of what Jesus has done in my life and through me that right. this is why I'm I'm living those that's are right. the best apologetics. Those yeah right? that's 100%. the best is yeah. your life. Your yeah. life lived. Yeah.
2: How uh, I, I they're weird. That's a, uh, the, yeah. Scott Bixby did closing comments at Rochester Campus, which I sat in on and he talked about, you know, it's weird
0: yeah. to forgive people. Yeah. It it's is. just
2: so weird. And then people scratch their heads and hopefully they find the gospel.
0: Yep. And yeah. Looking for an answer. Absolutely. Well in these last few minutes what I want to talk about in this episode is the other side of forgiveness. What if we are the person who has wronged Ooh. someone else? Um, what you gave us also, just to go back a second, you gave us in your talk like a beautiful outline of like steps to forgive someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there's books out there, you know. Uh, there's one by I think it's Lisa Turkers, My wife read it last summer of forgiving what you can't forget. Um, that's a beautiful recommendation. We've recommended that through Equip uh, at various times, and that's another one. The link will be down in the show notes. Um, but what if you're the person who's wronged? someone else Mm -hmm. what what are the steps to seek forgiveness um, that we should
1: pursue i think right out of the gate i mean you i think you can start with prayer and talk to god and ask god to forgive you for whatever hurt or pain you have caused Mm -hmm. um start there but then from there go to that person when Mm -hmm. humility and seek and ask for them to forgive you. And I think if you're able to articulate as well when you forgive the hurt and pain that you've caused that person, that will also, I think, demonstrate or show that you understand the ways in which you've hurt that person. Um, And then ask for forgiveness. Don't command forgiveness or demand it, Mm -hmm. but ask it. Mm. Um, I think would be two places to start. Go to God, pray, just again, we see here, go to God, pray, seek his forgiveness um, in, in what harm you have caused, but then go to that person, and I think the more specifically you're able to say, will you forgive me for the ways I've hurt you, the ways that I have um, caused pain in your, whatever that is, I think the more specific, the more I think it will mean to the person who will should grant you forgiveness that you're, you're understanding and you're coming in humility and, and brokenness, but...
0: I'm gonna give a shout out to a kids' TV show. You ready for this? (laughs) Back in the show notes too. (laughs) I have toddlers. I have toddlers, so we watch a lot of like PBS Kids, right? And and uh, the way that uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood now known as Daniel Tiger, uh, they they talk about how to seek forgiveness is uh, say I'm sorry is the first step, and then asking how can I help. And so you know, I think something with seeking forgiveness is we should never, we should almost never expect that other person. To absorb the debt, mm-hmm. I think if we're if we're genuinely seeking forgiveness, we need to be willing yeah. to pay the pay, paid damages mm-hmm. of what we've done. Good. Mm-hmm. Whether it's relationally, financially, like we right. should never go in seeking like, well, I'm going to go because I know Nate's going to he's going to take care of it. He's going to be like, it's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> will I you absorb it?
1: my debt? <laughs> Would you take care of my debt that I caused you? It's yeah.
0: like, no, we should never, we should never go in. It's like, hey, what what's this going to take? You know, and I think that mindset is always good and I think of like marriages of you know that somebody's caused hurt in one way or another and if you go in just thinking like just forgive me and we'll be fine we'll move forward trust me the same way you've trust me before it's like no that's a bad expectation if you've hurt your spouse or a relationship of a friend coworker, worker the kids would be you should be willing to like there's going to be guardrails and barriers that I have to do because I wronged them Mm-hmm. And I've got to be willing to do that if I want to restore trust and forgiveness in this relationship the way it once was. Yeah, I got to be willing to do that until, you know, they can forgive me. But that doesn't mean they trust me at the same level. And I got to be willing to pay that debt because right. I caused that
1: damage.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, the venerable theologian Daniel yeah, Tiger, a, very helpful. Daniel
1: yeah. Tiger, shout out. <laughs> yeah, Roy. <laughs> wh- who? Who? Roy Rogers made it in here. <laughs> Roy Rogers, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rogers, <And> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> very different. Very you know, I, lo- I, love, the, I
2: love that. I love you say start with prayer and and humility. But the thing is, like, I f- we're such spin doctors, right? I mean, I think you mentioned that too. But you know, it's like I. I mean, it's so easy for me to become defensive. You know, given the It's like, well, you know, I'm so sorry for the way I wronged you. I'm so sorry for the way you pushed me so close to the edge where mm-hmm. I had yeah. no choice but to lash out. You know, right. sort of thing.
1: It's just spin doctors. It's, all I get. Yeah.
2: It's but. And really never use the word like it.
1: if or but like yeah. right. You did hurt them, not if I hurt you. Or, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I mean, they sin too. Yeah, that's a given. We all sin. We got that. We're we're not here about that. We're here about what I did, and just mm-hmm. to own it, you know. And yeah. and the nice thing about that too, it doesn't always happen, but you're far more likely to get someone to come back and say. I'm I'm sorry for the role I played in this too. You know, it doesn't necessarily happen, and that's not what we're after. But you know, you just need to go in owning this is my sin, I wronged you, and I'm I'm sorry, and how can I help? And how mm. how can I make it better?
0: All I hear is the Nino Tiger song playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A dad with young kids, man. I remember being in those days. I just thought through the lens such of such
2: wisdom to be obtained yeah, yeah, though, yeah, you Nino know.
0: Tiger. The last question is this what if they say no? The person that I seek forgiveness is what if they say, nope,
1: you're not forgiven. Mm. Again, you can't control or demand it. Mm. So you have to entrust that to God. You're only responsible for your part. You yeah. cannot control control them. So you leave that with God. You trust him with it. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think it goes back to the things we've already said. We pray for, for their mm-hmm. heart and like if you're genuinely seeking forgiveness and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so... We entrust, we entrust it to God. Mm-hmm. I want to do a recommendation that there's so many things and thoughts that have been contained. in, in one book that I'm reading right now that I have did a recommendation before, it's called Do You Believe by Paul Tripp. Uh, and he talks about 12 doctrines that if we genuinely believe them, and forgiveness is tied up in there. I read a chapter uh, section on that last night, and it was just like, a lot of things that we've we've said that were his he, he has ideas on it's so so beautifully done. Uh, Do you believe by Paul Tripp is a great resource? Given
2: the fact that you've recommended that about five times, it's so good. Yeah, I, I guess I should read it. It is so good.
0: <laughs> um, it's it's basically it's it's uh, he's functioning out practical theology that uh-huh. if you really believe this, then this changes the way you live, and here's how. And so he does like three pages on the doctrine, and then it's like a fifteen-page chapter on this in everyday life you know mm-hmm. like scripture and god's holiness and and god's sovereignty and hmm. you know he just kind of rolls through 12 different doctrines and so it's really good right. uh but thanks so much for listening to this episode a little better remember there'll be links in the show notes to daniel tiger and so much more uh we can't wait to see you next week happy on, fat
1: tuesday yeah happy
0: fat tuesday if you're listening to this on release day uh hope you have a great rest of your week we'll see you next week